All right, what's up, Nubians? This is Tech Nubians, part of the Geekish Network. This is your weekly deep dive into video games steeped in blackness. I'm your host, Cherie, and with me, I have Charles. What's up, everyone? Call me Chuck. <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> what's up? Shanae. Hey, folks. And Travis. What it do? For those of you who don't know, Tech Nubians is your weekly video game live stream and podcast hosted by Black technology industry professionals. We discuss the what, when, and where, and how you can get into this world of technology, specifically video games. Um, we're here to sustain, inspire, nurture, and nurture successful creative technologists in their pursuit of Black excellence and commitment to technology and content development. So let's go ahead and kick some things off right now with some tech and gaming news. Why don't we start off a little bit with um, the Microsoft announcement. Chuck, do you want to tell us a little bit about what Microsoft's talking about this week? Yes. So Microsoft had their big software event about their operation system, which is a new thing, I think, that's, that's gotten this big. Uh, Apple did it. Everybody's doing the Apple method. We're making a yeah. big announcement about everything. Usually, like, <laughs> Windows 10 is coming. Here, go pick it up. But now they did this big event. They showed a lot of people of color. Like everybody that spoke was somebody they found in the dungeons of their company to speak and represent the company. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they did. They got everybody color. They've had <laughs> Jenkins, the janitor, come out and speak <laughs> at Microsoft 11. <laughs> but uh, but they announced their the Microsoft 11, <laughs> and it is beautiful. It is amazing mm. some of the things it does. They took a lot of things that Apple doesn't do. They took everything that Apple does do, curved it, made it as flat as possible that Google would do, and mm. then they said, hey, we're going to do some other things. We're going to let you pick how you want to do your layout on your screens if you have multiple screens. And not only are we going to allow you to do that, it's going to remember what you did so you don't have to do it every single time you start your computer. Oh. Isn't that beautiful? Be still my heart. <laughs> right. Like, hey, we have productivity layouts. Hey, we even have game streaming layouts. Hey, we have <laughs> gaming layouts. They have all kinds of layouts. They're like, we're going to make this stupid simple for you all so you all have to do no work because we know dragging things with your mouse is difficult. <laughs> you know, especially with hot corners we know it's hard for you guys oh yeah well yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm trying to i'm trying to decide whether or not i'm gonna roast you chuck or not uh, I, I don't know yet. <laughs> i'm just saying i mean they, if you're gonna roast someone why, why wouldn't you do it here this, yeah, this well, seems yeah, like yeah well, it seems like a roast friendly venue they, they had directs x12 announcement they said hey gamers we got direct x12 coming so your games are going to run better on our platform, especially since we're going to stream everything through the cloud anyway. So mm. why would you get it? And guess what? We run Android games too, Android apps. So not only you get like if Apple does iOS apps, we do Android apps. That's not even our system when we run. <laughs> can, can we talk about that for a little bit, by the way? Because like I saw a story that like Microsoft is like they're not going to be like basically they're coming at Apple with like the whole like thirty percent that Apple's taking off of you know that for app stores and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And I know for like certain I think apps, Microsoft's not taking anything from developers. Yeah, if you do productivity software uh, and developer based software, they're like you get all hundred percent of that. Hmm, that's, that's that's pretty huge. That it doesn't apply. Huge. It doesn't apply to games, though, right? Uh, no, it no, doesn't apply. It does, to not. Games. it does not apply to games. 
but it is i think it still is less than like they're still undercutting apple like it's not 30 yeah. percent. i think it's like 12 percent. it's like 12 percent or something like that yeah. but i think for window for for games for windows or something no i mean it's still it's still a huge thing when we discussed the whole like apple lawsuit apple epic lawsuit i think we talked a bit about that um and how you know this that lawsuit is going to be impacting a whole bunch of things like no matter what happens it's going to have like reverberating I don't know reverberations throughout, yeah. throughout the industry. Not only, not only this, they're like, they're reverberations, guys. Reverberations that reverberate. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's it's interesting to see uh, to see some of the the heavy hitters making moves even in advance of that and starting to redefine like what those um, what those sort of financial cuts and stuff like that look like because that's really going to open the door for a lot of different types of development mm-hmm. and how how people structure their companies, what types of things, what kind of risks they go in on, and what platforms they choose because. Simply put, there's a big difference between, hey, this this um platform holder takes thirty percent, this one only takes twelve. That's yeah. huge. <laughs> yeah, I, I will I will admit, like if Apple had just made like a hundred zero across the board or whatever, that would have just that would just been insane. But I mean, still it would bankrupt the fact- Apple. <laughs> it would. It really would. So, <laughs> um. So Microsoft, uh, uh, you know, I think their market cap now is like two trillion. Right? Yeah, two trillion. Yeah. They got yeah. Two um, yeah. the second so, company to do it in the world. Yeah. So first one, first one was Apple. Apple. So, you know, your operating system, you know, like Apple didn't invent that, right? <laughs> As a matter of fact, Apple copied a lot of their operating system from mm-hmm. Xerox, right? So I, I think the proper word is innovated. Y- yeah. In, in, like, Innostol or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and innovated. <laughs> I'm about to show my age here. <laughs> Don't you always? Normal. Even more than normal. <laughs> but I remember, I remember on Commodore 64 having a uh, having a, something that was called GEOS, which was Graphic Environmental Operating System, mm-hmm. right? And so it made your it, it, and so it made your your Commodore 64 look like a you know a Mac OS, uh, you know, at, at the time. So OS is 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 not anything. It's it's really you know they've been there since the dawn of computers. Now, uh, that being the case, you know, the question is, uh, when you're when you're a market standard like Windows, um, what kind of responsibilities do you have, right? Um, and I think overall your responsibilities are to support the market writ large. Um, and now operating systems are appearing in things that never were before, whether or not it's your phone, your car, you know. Your refrigerator. Your refrigerator, <laughs> you know, right? Seriously, right? I can connect so, to my, my, I just got a new, a new washer dryer. I can connect it to yeah. an app. Boom, boom, boom right? right and, and so, and so what's happening, so what's happening is, 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 um, you know, the, the job of operating systems are changing, okay? Uh, and, and, and now they're taking your consumer electronics and they're navigating them in, mm-hmm. into your, uh, in, in, into your uh, overall, you know, this is sad. your life, right? Yeah. And so, and so, if operating system is doing something really cool, it's, it's, it's taking very powerful features and making them very accessible to people, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think this is what Windows uh, 11 um, is, is doing. Um, now, your operating system spans so many different devices that the last thing you wanna do 
is figure out why you're having IRQ problems or, or, you know, or, or this driver or that driver, you know, people just want to say, yeah. look, man, I want to see YouTube on my TV. Yes. That's all I want to do. You're right. You're Can wrong. I just do that? Right. Like oh. seriously, like I don't want to deal with sound blaster drivers or something yeah, like that. Right. And so, and so that's, oh that's, that's what's going on. And, and so, and so now with windows 11, it finally seems like, you know, uh, that, that Microsoft has said, I see you, Apple, mm -hmm. and, I, and, and, and I raise you yep. some really rounded corners and some see-through uh, see UI. Frosted glass. What up? You know, I, I think the thing that's- and I'm here really for it. You know, absolutely. The thing I think is also really interesting here is like, you know, Microsoft is often seen as being an engineering company and it very much is an engineering company. Mm -hmm. like it's, it's, it's oftentimes driven by engineers, but- Sinead's ex from Microsoft, so she's speaking with experience here. All right, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, and, and there seem to be like, but there seem to be like cycles that we go through where every once in a while, like this really interesting creative design thing comes out of Microsoft and it sort of like just wows everyone. I think the, the last one that came out was, um, I can't remember, I don't remember what the, the actual um, public facing name for it was, but it was this big, beautiful, gorgeous monitors like four, like four years ago. And it, was at, it got so much acclaim. People were like, oh my goodness, maybe like the design talent lives within Microsoft now, like Apple, like, like, like be on guard. And then we like kind of scared ourselves with how the good we got at design. We're like, eh, let's not do that anymore. Layoffs, <laughs> designers, you go away, go somewhere else. We're back to engineering. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so it's, it's like, cause that is like what we, that's what Microsoft is really good at. Like that's where we like yeah. made our bread and butter and kind of stuff. So yeah. I'm excited to see this kind of um, design work coming out of Microsoft again because I think like I think the talent is there. I think the desire is there. It's just hopefully they won't scare themselves again. <laughs> that's not the biggest announcement this week, right? Because they made some other subtle things. So they announced this OS and they're like, "Hey, this is what we're doing." And they, they made a big stink about the biggest announcement. We put the button in the middle of your screen. It's no longer in the corner. It's right down in the middle. It's right in the middle. That's the biggest announcement we made. But well, they also talked about direct storage, where things stream on solid-state memories faster. They can bypass certain CPU and, and, and RAM operations to get games processed faster. And everybody thinks that's really interesting. But what makes it even more interesting Microsoft is spending all this money to buy graphics cards in silicon not to put into the devices they already have on market. They just announced this Xbox uh, uh, Series X series. They're like, mm -hmm. oh, no, we're not putting chips in that. We're putting all this in the cloud storage. We're dumping billions mm -hmm. of dollars in the cloud yep. storage because we want you to run on everything. We're going to run Microsoft o OS and games yep. off the cloud. And we don't care what device you have in your pocket. And that goes into their second announcement of saying, hey, we run Android apps. And mm -hmm. no, we don't just run them where we're good for good for uh, 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 iOS, for Mac, my, um, uh, Apple, for make sure the stuff runs on M1 chips that are just ARM. No, we're running across, we're running across Intel chips, NVIDIA chips. If you got any type of chip, we're going to run across it. We're going to run everything across it because yeah. we're not building for the box you have in your house. We're building for the box you never see in the cloud. And we're just going to mm -hmm. beam it straight down to your house. Interesting. Which is Interesting. a very smart play. Uh, I'm waiting for them to come out with a pencil they can draw for me or you know, I'm up design something, a magic eraser or something. I don't have to touch it. It just does everything. It just does everything for you. Do you really want that, Ryan? Do you yeah, really that, that want that? Because I'm sure right? we can. <laughs> hey, my Tesla already does something like that. So, 
That's close enough. Well, <laughs> it, does, it the, still doesn't get Facebook fast enough. Yeah, all this Microsoft <laughs> no, stuff is super interesting, but none of it's going to apply to me because I'm talking to you all right now on a MacBook. So, and only that, not only that, Microsoft kind of sided with Epic in the battle between Epic yeah, and Apple. They did. They allowing other third party companies to have their own payment processors. Yep. Yep. They're like, Epic, we got you. We heard what you're saying. We're going to let that happen. I'm still really interested. I mean, we should be getting like the actual verdict in the next two or three weeks yeah. from yeah, Epic so Apple. Microsoft was like, we prepare for the fallout. This yeah, fallout. So. Apple, you're not. But there's, 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 no, there's no fallout for, for, for Microsoft. No. Okay, Microsoft in your Windows platform has has operated under these auspices since the dawn of their mm -hmm. creation, right? Mm -hmm. So this is not this is not something that's going to impact their bottom line. So yeah. that's why they were like play on player. And, mm -hmm. and um, also also um, and and it's an important distinction about uh, their Android apps that they run Android. Uh, you get them through the Amazon store. Right, so any any Android app that isn't on the Android store, I don't think it's not guaranteed. To it. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, let's move on from Windows news. Uh, I have a story I want to talk a little bit about here. Do y'all remember Movie Pass? Yes. Do you remember that? Yes. Yes. So <laughs> oh no. Are they wait wait? Are they are back, back again? I mean, yeah. are, are movie theaters even back open yet? I, Sort of, I guess. So I, I am I'm a big movie buff. I love watching movies. Like back pre-pandemic time, I would literally go see a movie every single week. And all the folks at my job are always talking about, why don't you get movie pass? You know, it's gonna be like a great deal. You're wasting all this money. And for whatever reason, I still was just like, eh, just a little hesitant to do it. Because if, if you don't know, movie pass was this deal that seemed way too good to be true. You could pay $10 a month and you could go see a movie every single day for that month and as long as you're paying your subscription like when when it launched back in 2011 they were i think it was um oh excuse me when, when it first launched i should say uh they were charging like up to like 50 dollars a month which seems a little bit more reason like a little bit more like in line with yeah. what you would expect but when they got purchased by this data uh company they dropped it down to ten dollars a month and i get my guess is that the the idea behind that was we're just going to get a lot of subscribers we're going to get a lot of their personal information we're going to sell their data and we're going to make money back that way because of course movie pass still had to pay the, the movie theaters um you know they're they're paying the movie theaters for the full price of the tickets even though their customers are getting extremely discounted rates so the reason why they're back in the news is because the FTC complaint um, was just like, or the FTC um, just like, I guess, made some accusations and basically confirmed what a lot of people, a lot of users of MoviePass were complaining about um, right at the end of its life, which was in around 2019, um, which was, you know, MoviePass, it wasn't really a viable like model because they just, they just couldn't make money, right? Talking. Yeah. I mean, if you think about how much does it, co it cost to, to go to the movies, like just for the ticket? Like a billion dollars. Like yeah. a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah, you're paying LA. two billion. Two billion. Yeah, if, if you want to, yeah, it's I'm paying twenty bucks unless I'm going to like the early bird showing on a Sunday morning, which I did a lot. Yep. Uh, I'd be paying. That might be less than ten dollars, but maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's, so that's I, here I, on the I, West Coast though, and the rest of the country is like six to eight dollars. Well, the thing about it is, it's like you know, the math. The math sometimes it doesn't add up. Doesn't doesn't yeah. doesn't well it doesn't work it doesn't work because a lot of times people's home setups are so good now, right that you don't bother going to the movie theaters unless 
it's like a big production, right? Yeah. And, and so, and that's why like all these upper, like, you know, these high class movie theaters begin to crop up, you know, because mm-hmm. you're like, if I'm going to leave my house, you know, it, it mm-hmm. needs to be something special. So people do find themselves spending 20 bucks. It's, uh, it's, it's very true. It's very true. Yeah. So, yes. um, you know, we're talking about like, you know, I said this seemed too good to be true. And it turns out, of course, that it was too good to be true. <laughs> because, um, you know, even for the for the execs over at MoviePass, they were like, yeah, we can't sustain, this is not a sustainable model. So instead of trying to like, you know, revise their terms or work with people or whatever, or do something that was maybe like above board, they started doing a bunch of shady stuff. No. Um, yeah. So like, first of all, what they what they started doing was they reset about seventy five thousand users passwords and claimed that it was because they detected fraud or suspicious activity, and then when people tried to reset their password, they would run into technical problems, and basically they're doing all this stuff just to slow down people so that they can't use the movie pass so they so that they don't have to pay out more money, so they did that. Um, there's like a whole like they had an email thread about <laughs> about it so that oh someone's very aware of it. The, uh, wait, wait, they had an email, th- internal email thread? Yeah. They documented their cr- Oh, of course. Come on, Sinead. Like, oh, if, Sinead. if you're so, dast- <laughs> if, if you're so dastardly, <laughs> if you're so always- dastardly that you're going to change your user's passwords, you don't think you'll be stupid enough to actually discuss it in email? <laughs> I just, why yeah. create, like, the paper trail? The, the paper, they don't think about the paper trail. Paper because trail. none of that was wise. That's yeah, why, yeah, like, yeah, none yeah. of it was. You know, you don't just walk over to the guy in, in engineering and be like, hey. I need you to reset 75,000 passwords. <laughs> I mean, that's what away. they should have done. At least a phone <laughs> call, right? Yeah. Something I mean, they like... could have walked across the office and done it. Something but that no, can't be subpoenaed. You explain why. You give your, your, your villainous monologue on top of it. Yep. This so is let me why tell you we're doing it. By the way, so that was one thing that they did. And by the way, they're doing this for their power users, right? I mean, they're most... Well, they of course. Like, about 3 million users. Most users are going to see the movies like, you know, two, maybe three times a month. Enough so that it was worth it, right? Yeah. They were doing this for the power users who were like, I'm paying $10 a month and I can go see any movie every day. (laughs) Every every single day. day. So they did that. Um, They also, um, for about 20%, actually, of their most active users, they suddenly started getting notifications that they had to upload a picture of their ticket stub for approval. And so people will get randomly selected to do this. And then of course, it would be a very tedious process and it would fail on, you know, either with, uh, with the operating system side or, with, or on a movie pass side. So people couldn't use their service. And then the third really shady thing they did was they started restricting the number of users that, or the number of movies that some users could view, but they didn't tell anybody. So like, basically like you hit a tripwire, if you hit three movies in a month, suddenly your account got deactivated and you couldn't do anything for the rest of the month. And they didn't update the terms of service. They didn't alert anybody. They didn't tell anybody. It just, your account didn't work. And then suddenly the next month it started working again. Oh and, my gosh. And then just to put the icing, like the, the cherry on the top mm-hmm. <laughs> of the cake, they, were also, they also had a data breach and leaked a bunch of credit card numbers. So <laughs> it's, um, not, it's not even shady. It's like, it's nefarious. It's malicious. Yeah. Like, like this, like it's not like there's no shady implies like mm, maybe it's a little bit like not above board. Like this was straight up just yeah. criminal. It Dastardly. is, is yeah. straight up straight illegal. Like you need, you need multiple syllables to describe what was going on. There. I, I was a movie pass super user. Were you? Oh yeah. Did you I run into the problem? Uh, I I ran into the problem of where I had to upload my movie ticket. 
Mm. You know, that's mm. one problem I had. And they would yeah. tell me there's certain movies I couldn't see, but I went to the theater that like every other day. So the people in the theater just let me in no matter what. They knew me. Okay. I, that I, was, I was beloved. They're like, oh, it's Charles. What's up, Charles? What movie are you seeing today? And I just <laughs> tell them, I'm like, oh, come on in. You probably right. just cancel your movie pass. <laughs> What's that? You could have canceled your movie pass the same time. I probably could have canceled it. Yeah, that's just yeah, knew me. <laughs> it was like right next to there's there's two theaters almost side by side. There was a cheaper theater and there's the more expensive theater. And I would go there from upload and I would, when I was working out of upload and I would go there like every other day during lunch <laughs> during during the end of the day do two movies a day. Nice. You know they just let me in. They're like, oh, what's up, Charles? You know, yeah. I just you know it's funny because I looked at Movie Pass and it 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 just it just it looked smell right. It looked it shady. Didn't smell right. It didn't smell it, it right. Looked, it, it, yeah, there was something about it that was just shady, you know. And no. I was like, "Nah, I'm not doing this. No, I'm not doing this." The, the beauty of it is Costco had it, and they give you a year long pass for like forty bucks. Yeah, and that's cheaper than the ten dollars a month. That's even yeah, I would get that sense. and just stack it. it. You could stack it, it on top of that. Yeah, I have people constantly telling me I should do it, and I'm like, because I'm Thanks. paying eight bucks a month or eight bucks a week. You know, because I was going, like I said, I was I'd be the person going to see like. Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter on a Sunday morning at 7.30 a.m. That was yeah, I'm very sorry. So, <laughs> sorry, I was very happy. No. I, yeah, so that, that, that movie was, was trash. It was, I mean, it, it was, I was entertained, but it, but it wasn't a good movie. But yeah, I mean, it seemed like too good a deal, too, too good to be true. Turns out but it was. When I was there, I was there when Hammett ran. Hammett Watts is one of the founders. Mm. Uh, he's now Upfront Ventures. He's like one of the big parties in Upfront Ventures. Yeah. But the brother, he owned it. And that's when it was like $50 a month. And I heard him do a talk. And I said, I immediately signed up for Movie Pass right there for him. And he said, I'll send you a promo code. You get three months free. And he gave me my yeah. first three months free. See, that's legit. $50 yeah. a month seems, seems actually yeah. like a viable business model. <laughs> you know, it's a Black-owned business. Uh, had a, had, yeah. He's hiring Black engineers. He's making a diverse team. At the time, yeah. his lead engineer was a Black woman. And I was like, you know what? I'm riding with you. I'm going to ride with this. This sounds brilliant. He was like, I'm trying to get the company up and started. And I was with Hammett the whole entire ride. And then yeah. he sold it. And then I think they got rid of all the Black people. And then that firm turned around and they got nefarious. And then they and then they got hit with an FTC violation. Yeah, hope I get, <laughs> hope, I get hope, hope I get some money back from my Costco day. No, you will they not. Might. The great thing about it was they actually referenced that they might get in trouble with the FTC in their email, so it wasn't like they had. It wasn't like this just caught them off guard. They knew. But anywho, I, let me let's go ahead and move on. Have a good legal story. team. <laughs> I know, right? Let's move to the next story, Ryan. What hey. have you got for us? All right, let's get into this. So. Uh, I'm gonna talk about some 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 something that's deep. It's deep, you know. It's deep. Very oh, deep, very deep. Okay. So uh, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm, bring, I'm gonna talk about TikTok and basically the boycott that's going on right now. So so the black create creators on TikTok have been sharing content uh, on 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 racial justice that that and the overlooked history that's involved in the black community. There's a creator named Khalil Green who's been using TikTok to discuss Black history and events like Juneteenth, especially cultural appropriation in pop culture. Mm -hmm. So there's been these dance trends uh, like the swag and the sheesh, uh, who who the the original creators who were Black, you know, but they've been overlooked and they've been taken over by, 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 by the white community, you'll see it, you'll see it on, on TikTok and they're doing all these dances. And since the protests, 
they, they haven't been any, any like new dances that's been coming out, anything like that. So a lot, so 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 you'll see these the the, the white creators are creating these contents that they're not really dancing that much. They're or they're not doing the the, the best of the best type the type mm -hmm. type of dance because mm -hmm. this is this is protest that's going on. It's actively going on right now. So Khalil, the cool thing about this this guy, um, um, uh, I can't remember what college he, he graduated from. But uh, um, Khalil, Khalil's content is designed for Black people to learn more about their own history rather than try to teach or, or try to reach people who may understand, who may not understand the importance of Black culture and racial justice. He also posted vi a video on, on African-American names mm. leading up to Juneteenth. He also shared a video explaining the meaning behind the holiday's flag. Now, this is pretty, you know, uh, especially now, as, especially after, you know, the whole uh, Chauvin's trial and everything and the whole, and the impact it's had on, on policing and the, the, the community and stuff like that. And now we're seeing this, this protest here. People, people are getting woke right now. Um, it's, it, and, and it's the cool thing about it is like, it's being woke, the, the, the younger people are, are like being woke. So it's not like our generation where we were told the stuff from that, that our parents learned from the, the 60s and the 70s and then mm -hmm. they're throwing it on us. And now it's like the kids are up to like 12, you know, 10, 12, they're like, whoa, what's going on? Mm -hmm. You know, a friend of mine, Sean, was explaining to me uh, yesterday, uh, his son was asking him questions and he was just like, why did your parents tell you this this type of things and this type of stuff? So it's like the the, the upcoming generation, they're, 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 things are shaking within the black community, and not just the black community, that that younger generation, because it's not just black people; it's more people of that generation as people have been shook, and mm -hmm. and things are going to change within the next 15, 20 years. We, we, I, I absolutely concede. I'm predicting a future. I'm marking it down. You guys can come back and tease, tease me later. But I, I think <laughs> things, things are absolutely going to change within the next couple, couple of years because the younger people right now, they're the ones who are going to be the future, you know, and they're the ones who's going to be building and making these movements and changing things and doing stuff mm -hmm. like that. You know, I kind of feel like we did the best we could and they're taking over. <laughs> you know, that's the way I feel. I, I, I think. I think it's I think it's interesting, um, and I think a lot of this ties to technology. Um, it ties to technology because the more techno savvy we all get, the smaller our world becomes, right? Um, and so, like once upon a time, I mean, news didn't travel as fast, right? And so, nope. something happened. Something happened on the East Coast. It might take a week for it to get over to the, you know, to uh, to the other side of the nation. And now these things happen super fast right um and 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 when injustice happens um and you know and, and it catches fire uh you know black people well people but especially black people know instantly like the last thing you want to do is get black twitter mad at you you know, <laughs> uh, you, know you don't want that smoke at all and I, and, and, and and i think that that's what's going on in tiktok right is that mm -hmm. you know now you know because because now black people are technically you know uh savvy yeah uh, and, and and they see what's going on 
Mm-hmm. And, and just like we, we had our struggle, you know, when we were in our twenties, this is theirs. And, you know, and, you know, I remember actually, uh, you know, sending a message to Shanae saying, well, we protest the TikTok now. I haven't even installed it, right? Like, you know, and she said, and she was like, slow your roll, old man. This is why, you know, and I was like, oh man, that smells like justice. I'm all about it, right? And so, yeah, so so, so for me, I mean, you know, at a glance, it, it, it seemed like a small thing, but it, it, it wasn't. It was the tip of the iceberg or something. And it was reminiscent of things that have happened in the past. And what the black, uh, you know, black creators on TikTok said, we're not having it. Yeah. And you know, and for so that, that response video, I like you. doing this. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he went like this. Yeah. So it made me feel, you know, like just on the surface, it made me feel some kind of way. But once I really understood what was going on, it made me feel the best kind of some kind of way. Mm. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think the, the this is like everything that you guys said too, right? And, and and, and I, I also appreciate Travis. Travis, you know, I, uh, I don't think any of us are in the extremely online generation, though a few of us are probably more extremely online than others and stuff. But that, but you guys are right. This is this is sort of like this is one of the you know we can look at it and be like, oh, what's going on on TikToks? I don't understand this stuff. But the, this is this is something that's actually really critical towards like these social justice movements and stuff. And you know, the line that always comes that came to mind while, while we're discussing this. Uh, is uh, uh, George C. Wolfe's quote that they have hanging in the National Museum of African American History out in Washington, D.C. says, God created Black people and Black people created style. No and doubt. that is absolutely like Black folks are the backbone of <laughs> style. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Black Twitter drives Twitter, Black TikTok drives TikTok. And we are seeing that right now with that, with that um the the the, the boy oh protest so much as like it's a it's they're on strike is what people right, say yeah. <laughs> they're on strike you know you had folks going out like i can't I'm, I'm not i'm not gonna be able to pull the names out of my head right now because forgive me i haven't had enough caffeine today but you know you had those these famous dances like renegade and all this other stuff and like this like this 13 year old black girl created the renegade dance and she got no credit yeah. for it whatsoever it yeah. got replicated there were there were famous white tiktokers that were invited on like jimmy fallon's show and stuff like that yep. to, do less uh, less energetic versions of it <laughs> black fact, she got attacked for mm-hmm. claiming that she created it yeah mm-hmm. and, and, and it you know, came it, for her and it and yeah and it didn't um uh did, the truth didn't get revealed to the new york times came out and said no actually this like 13 year old black girl did do this thing and none of the uh, shows fixed it said oh, no i'm gonna bring her on now mm-hmm. yeah but like, it, whatever we're past but that. you know it's sort of like when you have like the the, the front page headline and then the correction on page 12, right? <laughs> you, you remember you remember this, you remember like, I guess it was maybe, I, I don't know, maybe, I wanna say it was maybe nine or 10 years ago when uh, when those Harlem Shake videos came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I remember that. And oh my all God, the black yes. people was like, y'all know that's not the Harlem Shake, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> or the Running Man ones also. Yeah, you know, like that's not, that's not it. <laughs> You know, order yeah, the order running man, same thing, right? They were like, you know, that's not the running man, right? Like, yeah. you're doing it wrong, you know. I've been yeah. seeing a lot of those with um with with various like uh, uh stomp cheers and stuff like that too, and just the, the um less less uh exciting recreations of them and stuff too. Yes, yeah, I, I love this because it's black TikTok uh creators like taking back the power and showing showing who does drive drive the the engagement and who does drive 
um, the the um, the excitement in in, the, in that space, right? Like mm-hmm. Megan Thee Stallion, like you know, this, like she's got the new song of the summer, but it ain't got a dance to it right, right. now, and it's been out for a week, and this is not a dance. Yeah. <laughs> Even if we were it's trying to make of, it something, it's, it's, it's sort of like that Mad Max moment, right? When when Master Blaster says, "Who runs Barter Town?" You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't know. Like, Master me, Blaster run part of town. You damn like, right. You know? <laughs> no, no dances on here right now. What's yeah. going on? It's so, so I'm gonna move us on to our next story here. Travis, can you tell us a little bit about what you what you brought for us? <laughs> uh, okay. So, show us your best viral dance while you're doing it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, this this was uh, this one is interesting. So you know, a, a lot of times we don't like tell people like what we're doing in our real life sometimes right so for the past three and a half years uh i was the vp of uh of game development at lightstorm uh and lightstorm's uh james cameron's uh you know movie production company and so um i was working on every avatar game uh you could possibly think of and so i recently uh, i recently left more news on that uh, on a, on future episodes, um, but um, I came across this article on on IGN, uh, <laughs> and it said that Disney let Ubisoft Massive make a Star Wars game after meeting after a meeting about its Avatar game. Uh, it says Disney was convinced to let Ubisoft Massive make an open world Star Wars game after its first meeting with the developer, a meeting that was actually to discuss the Avatar games Frontier of Pandora. In an interview with IGN, SVP of Walt Disney Games, Sean Shaptaw, uh, revealed that he and his team had met with Massive after Disney's acquisition of Fox, which included the already in development Avatar uh, video game uh, project. That discussion clearly had a major effect. Um, so, I want to say to, I want to say to Disney, you're welcome. <laughs> okay, um, look. I, I, you know, here, wait, Travis. I've, here are your flowers. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you very much. I don't know what flowers. I don't know how TikTok <laughs> dance waiting to be made in your honor. Yeah. indeed, indeed. Look, um, it's it's always when you when you're when you're making games, and this is this is something that everyone who's interested in hearing games needs to needs to hear. Like, it's it's a highly subjective business, mm-hmm. right? You don't necessarily know what's going to like pop and what's not. You 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 really don't. Mm. And you're on these games for years, mm. years. Yep. Right. Um, and the only thing that you really want sometimes is that pat on the back or that acceptance from your fellow peers, from uh, but especially from end users, especially from gamers, right? Um, so, um, I'm a Star Wars nut. I've always been one, um, you know, I'm old enough to have actually seen Star Wars in a movie theater. I was six, that's the slide. <laughs> um, and to hear that a product that you were working on actually inspired people on an intellectual property that you sort of hold uh, responsible for, for, for like, you know, you being, you know, the creative person you are, it seems like a lot of that came full circle. And, oh, yeah. you know, and so I'm not mad at that. I'm not, you know, um, and I know that team. I know that company. 
Um, and I don't know what kind of Star Wars game it's going to be, but if it's half of what my Avatar game is, y'all are in for a ride. Nice. Yes. I'm looking forward to it. I just hope they didn't all sw- uh, switch gears before the end of the Avatar game completion to say we're working on Star Wars now. Fuck this shit. No, I, like, like that. That the, the Avatar team is is like seriously like as a as a producer, right? Like, a lot of times you're you're not doing the work; you're just supervising the work. Yeah. Right. Um. And when you have a team that's on it, right? And what I mean by that specifically is like a lot of times, like, you know, you'll get like these new teams or a team that's never done it before or something like that, right? But the Avatar team is a team that has done it multiple times, right? Like it shipped, you know, they shipped a division, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, and, and we can, we, we'll talk a little bit of, uh, about this later, I guess, as, as we talk about E3. But, you know, I, I would say that when, when the trailer came out for, for my game, <laughs> seeing people's reactions, like the Avatar game reactions, was, was vindication for every late night, for every long email, for every, like, Zoom you know, meeting that I was like, oh my God, to every bit of approval that I had to do. It, it was, it was pure vindication. It, mm-hmm. it, it was. Um, and, you know, and I, I can't say too much, obviously, because the game isn't out yet, but I will say something that, that made me chuckle every time I hear it, which is when people say, why they just show us a movie, right? Why couldn't they show us gameplay? <laughs> Jokes on you, sucker. That was gameplay. Oh, it just yeah. looked like a movie. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I can't wait. Yes. Yeah, super excited to see to, for when that comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Thank you so much, Travis. We're going to move on to the last story here. Sinead, what do you have for us? Ooh, okay. I got a story. Uh, so we're going to talk about crunch. Travis was just talking about it a second ago, like long hours, <laughs> late yeah. nights and stuff. Yeah, Travis, you didn't, was it worth the FTC violations? You know? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe one or two. One or two. Okay. Just a couple of FTC violations. Yeah, that's all. Was it worth, was it worth like a 12% revenue? I mean, anyhow. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's talk, let's talk about crunch for a second. Y'all we've talked about crunch in the past a bit here. And I, I have, I have very strong feelings about, um, about the crunch culture and the death march culture that exists in the game industry. Uh, but a story came out. This is a, this is a couple weeks old now, but um, you guys are familiar with the game Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. It's probably the second game you own on your PS5 if you own a PS5. It's fantastic. <laughs> Maybe, the Maybe the third. It's a fantastic game. It got rated like an 88, I think, for Metacritic or something like that. Like just like it's just overwhelmingly positive reviews and stuff. And it was a game, apparently, reportedly made without crunch. Boom. So th- this is coming from the, at least two folks who are on the team. Um, like one game designer, his name is Grant Par- Parker, and then uh, an animator, Lindsay Thompson. I, so this is from a couple of folks on the team. Like this may not be a universal experience, but I haven't seen anything that's gone out there that refuted their their personalized experience right here, where they said, "Hey, I can't speak for anyone else on the team, but I didn't crunch once. Forty hours, forty hour weeks the whole time. It is possible to work on a great game without suffering." And Lindsay Thompson, the animator, also uh, she also bolstered that and said, I didn't crunch once, entire production, couple late nights here and there, finishing something up, but completely crunch free. It is possible. Team wellness lets the creativity flow free. 
And the reason why I like this story too is because, you know, just last year there was a there was a big story around the the game, uh, my personal game of the year, Hades, and how it was also a game that was made without crunch. The folks at, at Supergiant, if you haven't played Hades by the way yet, where, what are you doing? Why are you listening to our podcast? Don't play <laughs> That's Hades. true, right? That's it's true. Such a, it's such a good game. I'm gonna second that one. In. Yeah, it's such a good game, y'all. It's available on like all the platforms. You have no excuse. Go play it right now. It's just, even if you hate roguelikes, it is a game that you need to add to your repertoire because it may change your mind about roguelikes. Um, but it was a game that was also made completely without crunch. Like they said, they, they set up rules specifically in order to make sure they had a healthy work-life balance. Things that were, you know, things like, like first of all, not working on weekends, but not just not working on weekends. No email after five on Friday <laughs> was their, like, their thing. They're like, we didn't want people even sending emails because even if someone says for themselves, oh, well, I want to work late, you send an email after five, what do you do? You wind up randomizing someone else's day because suddenly it's like, you know how you know how this thing is, guys. This phone thing, you know, you're like, you're sitting there and you're like, you pick it up and you're like, oh, I'm just scrolling through. I'll just click on my email. Oh my God, I got this email from Travis. Oh, what does this say? Oh, suddenly I'm now back in work mode and it's 9.30 p.m. on a Friday night and you're now randomized and your weekend is potentially randomized, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's why you wait till 4, 4.59 to send that email. Oh yeah, and then you peace out and then suddenly <laughs> it's like someone set a fire. Like I call it throwing grenades at 4.59 p.m. Oh, yeah. no, it makes sure it's right before a holiday because I had people who <sighs> would send me an email asking me for testing services on July 3rd testing for the weekend and i'm like what is no alex or whoever takes whoever is running <laughs> jeopardy now i don't know i think it's lavar burton is going to do jeopardy for a little yeah lamar lavar burton but uh yeah. i'm always jordy to me you know the- i i think that uh you know it's 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 funny because whenever i look at crunch as a as a producer i tend to come for myself first right because i think a lot of times um you know crunch comes from the lack of good management and planning yeah. and pacing mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and, and usually it's it's because you're trying to stuff something into something that doesn't really fit. And you're, you're spending your time trying to cram that in. Mm-hmm. Right. And you haven't planned correctly. You 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 have it in and your yeah, your your stomach, you know, isn't as big as your eyes. Right. It's what it is. And, and you get into that situation. And I think that, you know, that 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 speaks to management and insomnia. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, 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 it speaks to how professional they are um, and, and, and knowing that you don't have to run a creative enterprise like a sweatshop. Yeah, yep. it's, so, right? it's true. And can I just mention, like, I mean, as someone who was at EA during the whole EA spouse <laughs> controversy. And that was crucial then. Yeah. I mean, I slept at the studio multiple times. Um, it was is not great. Like, I mean, we always used to joke that at some point we were all going to figure out how long it takes to make Madden because we make it every year. <laughs> every single year, we would get a schedule that would say, our normal schedule was 10 to 7, and then it would suddenly say 10 to 10, and the next week it would be 8 to 10, and the next week, I kid you not, it would say 8 to question mark. Oh, and That was the schedule you got because it was just like, you don't know what time you're going home today. That is wow. not acceptable. And that it was like unacceptable. And it would have weekends built in from the very million, beginning. Billion dollar industry, and we yeah. should not be doing that. We should not be. That should not be acceptable. It was, should not be acceptable. You know, I mean, I am older and wiser now, and now I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing. A, a, a lot has to do with what Travis said is management. I agree with you. you should, yeah. There's a difference between a product manager, a project manager, and a producer. And gaming industry try to bundle that person up into one individual who's also mm-hmm. a studio counselor. 
mm-hmm. and impartial HR. Yeah. All yeah, we just, call, we just call them counselor Troy's. Yeah, the last thing I'll the last thing I'll say on this subject is I think that what what this is is it's speaking to it, it's speaking to the age of our industry more so than yeah. anything else, right? I mean, I started this industry when I was nineteen, and you know, and um, and a lot of times, you know, the, the the people who were your managers weren't much older, um, and so no one was married, no one had a life, um, you know, some some of your managers didn't even know how to speak to you know each other, much less women. Um, you know, and, and, and so, so yeah, yeah, that's true. That's still a case, right? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, but now people are like, hey, man, I got to go pick my kids up from school or, you know, or I got to take care of people at home who are not doing well, or I got to do all this, you know, all this stuff. And so, yeah, so now that you've got this industry that's like decades old and, and, and you've got managers, um, you know, at all levels who are in different stages of their life, they don't have time for your nonsense anymore. Like I can't do eight the question mark, you know what I'm saying? My kid has to get the class, or this has to happen, you know. And 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 so I, I and I just think it's 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 speaking to how how this industry is slowly but surely maturing. I, I just think it's unfortunate that that it had to it had to get to a point where it's like the the folks like management didn't understand the, the those, those sort of issues until it became their issue, yes. right? Yeah. Like when folks are saying, hey, you know, I've got, you know, I've got kids, I've got this, I've got these other things, these things outside of work. It's like, oh no, you need to work to eight to question mark. We <laughs> yeah. have a game to get out. It's the same game every single year, but I have a game I need to get out and I don't care about your issues. And then suddenly when it was their issue, especially when the pan how the pandemic has just shaken up our industry, suddenly it became, oh, now I understand about you know why you need to you know, why we can't always schedule lunch meetings because you have to make lunch for your three little ones too, because they have to eat food and that takes more than five minutes, right? Yeah. So, I mean, the one, the one last thing I'll say about this too, I mean, because I think that this is a, this is an issue that we as an industry are still struggling with. We're getting better. It's like, it's better than 20 years ago when EA spouse was a thing, but that doesn't say anything because we still see these sorts of, these sorts of stories come out periodically. Yeah. But I just love this story in particular, because as opposed to Hades, where the, 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 the immediate pushback on like, oh, you say you can make games without crunch. Well, that was a tiny game. That wasn't a triple A game. That game had two, like the scope was so small that this, here's a reason why that wouldn't work. Here's another reason why that wouldn't work. Here's another reason why that wouldn't work. Well, how about Ratchet and Clank? Yep. You can't say that that is not a triple A <laughs> right? You cannot say right? that Insomniac is not a triple A quad A studio. Yeah. And so yeah, there's your counterpoint. Yeah, this is a counterpoint that I think is really important. We should study this, absolutely, because this shows you can make a well-rated, well-received, robust game without killing your team to do it. And that should be the direction we're moving as opposed to just relying on crunch as a crutch. I I want to say one more thing about this because I think it's it's important. Yes. Um, Human capital is, is, is huge now. Right, like you can't piss off the people who are are giving you gold. You just can't, right? Because it's too easy. Other companies make it too easy mm. to 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 steal people who are yep. good, right? Yep. So you give someone an eight, uh, you know, to question mark stuff, and they'll be like, "Yeah, oh, these yeah. people don't treat me this way," and I'm going over their deuces. And now you just lost your rock star person, mm-hmm. right? Now. And the reason I think that's 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 important, especially with this story in particular, is because I have a close personal friend of mine who quit Insomniac because they believed in that name. No sleep. I, you see I what I'm saying? I thought that was a pretty, 
ironic, a pretty, like, ironic name. Yes. Insomniac has actually got work-life balance on right, it. Right, right. And so and so to me, it it shows that it, it shows that Insomniac as a company understood that they were really messing up. Yeah. Right. And they turned a corner. And that's something you rarely see, which is a company who is definitely not doing things the way they're supposed to now becoming a shining example of things that you should do. And I think that they should, they, 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 very, they, they should be applauded for that. Yes. This, this is how you retain talent and stuff. I think Absolutely. the next, the next sort of, um, the, 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 the new sort of battle of our age besides work-life balance is going to be, um, remote work too. Yep. I, I know that there's going to be a big wave of people who are like, Oh, you want me to come back into the office? Well, we've actually shown the last year and a half that we can do these jobs remotely. So peace. Let me find one that lets me do that. Yep. And just as, just as a last closing comment, I know I said this last closing before, but uh, I did an entire talk on this, by the way, folks, last year at Game Devs of Color <laughs> about um, how crunch has been used as a crutch to to um, uh, allow abuse to just run rampant in our industry. Please look it up. It's called No More Heroes, How Game Development Heroics Are Killing Us. Check it out. It's like 20 minutes. Like, enjoy it. Uh, and let me know what you guys think. All right, let us move on. I know we are running very short on time here, but I do want to get a chance for us to just take a look at, or just do a quick recap, I'll say, on E3. It was a couple weeks ago, but we haven't had a chance to really talk about like what announcements were there, what surprises. There was an E3 this year? <laughs> I mean, did that Blinken miss it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, basically, yeah. It Because it was on a weekend this year. Yep. You know? It started on the weekend, yep. I mean, E3 had been inching into the weekend and preview, even in person, in in person years as well. Yeah. It was very annoying because it's like because yeah. EA be like, we're doing EA Play on Saturday, and yep. before E3 yep. starts, and y'all can kiss our butts because we're not going to be on the floor. <laughs> even though we had this big booth on the floor, but we're not going to be on the floor. Yeah, it's kind of like, come on. But anyways, yeah, E3 happened, so I'm kind of curious. What are y'all? What were y'all's takeaways for E3 this year? It was fully virtual. Um, I know there was some, you know, some controversy with trying for with uh, different devs trying to actually get registered because um, there was like some weird validation systems going on, whatever. But this is the first year it was fully virtual. I mean, I'm guessing probably next year, maybe they'll do some sort of like a hybrid model because I'm hoping people can, you know, maybe people will be, be able to be back in person if they want to be, frankly. <laughs> um, but yeah, what were folks takeaways? Well, first of all, let me say that I miss E3. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, and, and, and what I mean is, is like our industry, you know, we don't have the Tribeca or the South by Southwest or, you know, or, you know, we, we don't, we have, we have E3, right. Um, and it's changed throughout the years. I mean, you know, and E3 came about because we used to go to CES and we yeah. would always get you know, basically the ghetto treatment. We, we, you know, you go out in the tents outside, you know, and it was, and it was in Vegas yeah. in January. It was cold <laughs> outside, right? Like it was like, like, really? Like we gotta go out in the tents and it, you know, and it was, it was bad, right? Um, and, and it, you know, and E3 has sort of metamorphosized into so many different things over, over the years. And Honestly, I just want E3 to decide what it's going to be. That part. Right? Um, and, and, and once E3 decides what it wants to be, then everyone else can decide how 
or if they will participate. And I think that the, the worst thing about E3 is no one agrees as to what E3 is supposed to be at this point. Now, that being said, it was the best Microsoft uh, you know, E3 uh, that I had ever seen. And, you know, and I said this last E3, like Microsoft went and just bought every developer that they could get their hands on and said, yeah, here's all the monies, go make cool things, right? And I think that if you thought Microsoft's E3 performance this year was dope, wait till next year, watch, it's gonna be even doper. So, and, and, and Sony didn't even show up. Yeah, Sony, Sony's been Man's gone for like years, right? Like they they bowed up before this one virtual. Well, I know they had that. You you remember the one uh, E3 they had that was that was sort of like strange. It was like you know, yeah. oh here's here's um here's the Last of Us, yes, and uh, this surrealistic experience, and here's the here's uh Ghost of Tsushima, this surrealistic experience, and you're like, uh, Sony. And, and I gotta mention, if you were at home watching this. And they had to do like a venue change in the, the venue change. And yeah. it, was like, it was like a 10 minute intermission. It's like, no, nah, man, this ain't cool. I also know it's like 95 degrees down in LA right now. Even the people who are there probably don't want to be doing a venue change. Right. So weird. Yeah, it was so weird. Yeah, I, I think that say, they, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to mention, sorry. I, I will say, um, you know, Nintendo, I know they just do like their Nintendo directs. They started doing those like, you know, a few years ago. They kind of get like a pass because they're like, yeah, we're just gonna always do our stuff pre-recorded and we're just gonna like put it out there. And like Nintendo had like insane, like I mean, they had an insane number of things that they announced. Like that were very exciting. Metroid. A yeah. new Metroid. Travis, yeah. what do you think of the new Based Metroid? On the old Metroid, which is even crazy. Travis, what do you think about the new Metroid? I see you, Shanae, and you're wrong for this. <laughs> okay. Let me tell you something. Okay. <laughs> That new Metroid got me U.S. open. <laughs> yes. Travis, you heard it here first, folks. Now <laughs> a Nintendo fan. They were like, oh, this is Metroid 5. They're like, wait, hold on. We're on Metroid Prime. We're like number I know. Four. I was like, wait, like, that's hold on, hold on. Y'all, y'all, did I miss a Metroid? They're like, no, we're doing old Metroid. Yep. And let me tell you, I am, my soul uh, <laughs> is ready. Ready for oh, yeah. it. Your body is ready. Is your body ready though? It is. The, I, body I don't know. It might be. I don't know. Because you know, every time I you know the switch, the switch buttons are real small. So I don't know if my body is ready. <laughs> you better get your body ready. But my soul is. Learn how to use the pads of your fingers. Travis. I know. You know, that, you know, switch switch dreams in Xbox hands, you know. I, I don't know. Uh, uh, actually, actually the, the trailer that moved me was the outer limits too one. Like this is where the epic outer, music comes in. Outer, world, where, world, outer world, outer world, outer world, outer world. And they're like, look at this. did the first character. one. This is the last time you're gonna see this badass. <laughs> but we made this really cool title. We have no idea what this game is about, and that was the end of the trailer. I was like, so Sinead, yeah. being a being a producer on the uh, first Outer Worlds, yes. right? How, how did that how did that trailer hit you because i remember because you know my because because the avatar trailer got you know the the avatar trailer got played and when the avatar trailer got played i was like oh man this is awesome this is awesome and then i started going down my timeline list on 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 uh on facebook right and someone said man that outer limits uh, that, that 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 you know outer the outer worlds uh trailer best trailer e3 and i felt some kind of way right and so <laughs> i was like let me check it out and i was like 
This speaks to my soul. It was everything that Because if you're in the industry, if you are in the industry, you are like, oh my God, there's so much truth to this trailer. <laughs> no, I thought I thought it was pretty fantastic. I was actually watching, uh, I was doing like a co-watch with my sister and a friend of ours. We were like, we're all watching it remotely and stuff like that. And we're just like on like, we're on like PSN chat or something like that. Just like clowning a lot of the trailers mm-hmm. was going through. And so that one started up and we're just like, what is this? What is this? And like, no one knew what it was. And then the character popped up. I'm like, I know what it is. The Outer Worlds 2. And everyone's like, what? I'm like, yeah, that's my kid. That's, that's our character from this. You know, my, it's not my character. I didn't create him or anything like that. But that's mm-hmm. Obsidian, the folks at Obsidian. Like, um, uh, I'm so excited that they're they're going to be doing a sequel to it and stuff. It was, that I thought was also really interesting and, and that I, that probably I noticed was the, um, the logo at the end. Because I'm like, oh, this is Microsoft published. The first one was not Microsoft published. It was back when I was at Private Division and Take Two. So yep. I'm like, oh, Microsoft doing this one, upgrade. So I was really excited to see like, like just like you said, like two, three, three years ago when Microsoft went on that like buying binge for a lot of different independent game devs, they picked up what, Undead Labs, Obsidian, Ninja Theory, uh, I can't remember, like, uh, the, did they pick up the, was the, the collective? Uh, they, they, they also like, bought uh, Double Fine. Double Fine. Like, there was like five or six or seven different studios. Bethesda. Yeah. <laughs> all of Bethesda. Zenimax. Yeah. All of Bethesda. Yeah. Like, how crazy is that? And now we're seeing it. We're seeing why. Like, we, we all, like, sort of had guesses about, like, oh, strategically, I think this is what's going to happen. And now, like, the time has come, and you're starting to see those games get announced. The Outer Worlds is probably still, like it said, multiple years out. I mean, the only thing they had co- had completed, as the trailer said, was the name, which is just The Outer Worlds 2. Well, look, so. they, they didn't lie, right? <laughs> Nothing in that trailer was a lie. They said, hey, man, we was, ain't done. Uh, it was we, also we really high, like. That was also a really high-quality trailer, by the way. That's, <laughs> that's, oh, my God, they said, oh, look at this cool monster. You CG, won't see him in the game. Mm-hmm. That's hundreds of thousands of dollars of throwaway CG for that single trailer, y'all. Can we talk a little bit about Breath of the Wild too? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because oh, yeah. you see my heart. <laughs> is that trailer I happening? Don't Everybody's I don't like, I, 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 don't, I don't know. Is that, is that Link? Is that Link? People like he had his he had his pandemic hair hairstyle right. People like he's been like, like be, in lockdown for a year. I was like, what? What Ganon? What what's going on here? They're like, we don't know who that character really is. Nintendo hasn't declared who that character is. I said it looks like Link, but it's not Link. But it's young Link, but it's not Link. Hold on, what's going on here? <laughs> I like the, I like seeing the conspiracy theories for it. Yeah, so it reminds yeah. me. I probably should finish the first one, but I put so many hours. Man, the first one. I just, I just kept wondering whether or not his weapon was going to break during the trailer. <laughs> No, but he was going through. He was he was he was dissolving through boulders and stuff, and I thought that yeah. was interesting. Like, yeah, that was pretty going cool. On here, Pass. that was pretty cool. Pass. Enjoyed that. Pass. 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 That that that, that, the, game, that was the most tweeted about game of E3. Yeah, I agree. And so those are games are boring, unless Capcom made it. <laughs> the other the other note, by the way, is I know they said I noticed the wording of what they said because they said 2022. They specifically said we're trying to to re- to hit 2022 or something like that. I'm like, wow, you hedged them bets super hard. They did. Also, hedge those bets I, hard. I think as Nintendo fans, I don't expect it in 2022. We'd be lucky if it gets 2023. All right, mm-hmm. y'all just 
just hunker down just be happy you're probably gonna get another trailer sometime in the next two years and maybe you'll get a game for the switch i, I had a i had a friend who brought up he's like he's like i remember a time when nintendo didn't announce the game until they had it already canned and they could actually ship it and that's when he announced the date he's announced mm-hmm. announce a date and they're nowhere gonna hit that date they know they're not gonna hit that date they know they're not going to hit it. And they know there's nothing you're going to do about it. You know you're still going to buy the game. He's He's the friend that's coming to your house, and they're always down the street when you call them asking where they are. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. I'm on my way. I'm just, I'm five Another minutes away. Like, five five minutes away. Five no minutes. shame. They have not, the not left the house. <laughs> Yep. No yep. shame whatsoever. But you know what? He's also the friend that you're happy when they get there. Even still, you're a little bit, you're a little bit annoyed, but you're like, but I'm glad you're here. And, and, and also, he's a friend who told you he was gonna bring one thing, and he brought something totally different that you didn't ask for. <laughs> you're like, I guess you're I like. like I this. thought you were bringing, but, that thing pizza, broke. but you brought oxtail. That, that thing hey, broke, and you hey, have to hey, get a new one. And let's talk about what the big announcement is. Super Smash Brothers is the ultimate game fighting game ever created. They're like, we'll just add more characters in there. I just hope they, they partner with Disney and just throw Winnie the Pooh in there at this point. <laughs> it is the metaverse game. They have yeah. every game character. It, it is. It's the original. Wait, wait. It's, the, it's the what game you said? The metaverse Meta- game. First, 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 first. <laughs> uh, also, I, I see the other game I was a little bit interested in, which made a lot of waves, was Redfall. Mm, like, yeah. I mean, just, I mean, it, I, I think it was like, was that the, that was the one that looked like Left for Dead with vampires, right? Yeah, there was a lot of Left for Dead like games that were announced. Yeah, like, Back for Blood with the Back for Blood is Left for Dead. That's the third game in the trilogy. All, all I remember mm-hmm. about Redfall is that they had a sister that had natural hair and it looked great. Yeah, and she was shooting people. And I'm there for that. I do wish I'm we like could I want to be that character. I do wish we could. Get, you're not going to be that character if we're playing Travis. Sorry, you got to get. <laughs> He's guy taking wow. pictures and making vampires look for you. Not in my game, <laughs> but but uh, but no, no, no. I mean, uh, like that it was that game, like obviously, Back for Blood is like this the spiritual successor to, to Left for Dead, but then there was also a was it a uh, uh, Tom Clancy game? Um, was it like Retribution or something like that? Yeah, that also had like serious like Left for Dead vibes, and I'm like. I might play this. Mm-hmm. This is not the type of game I typically play, but I'm like, I might play this game right now. So yeah. I'm just, I'm putting that out there so that all of y'all go ahead and buy it, get your PS5s and stuff, like figure it out. And we get all, <laughs> we can all get out and we have a squad yeah, going for this thing. Yeah, I think that E3, you know, and, and, and maybe it should just be like a time of year, you know? And, and what I mean by that is like a, a, a con season for, for lack of anything. Mm. For, for, for lack of anything else, because now you're getting these press pressers, right, that happen where everyone is is sort of, you know, announcing when they do it. And personally, I like that because, uh, because like, yeah. previous E3s, you'd have to decide what am I going to go to or what am I going to see, you know, and now that all the publishers and manufacturers have carved out like some time so that they can, so that they can let their product shine, I, I, you know, I like that so much better. Because yeah, yeah. I, you know, because honestly, sometimes I don't even like walking the floor at E three anymore because everything's so behind, uh, you know, like a line, yep. you know, these doors and all this other kind of stuff. I said, why are you even on the show floor if yeah. you know no one can see it, right? Way, like, like get out of here. Like you had to know somebody. You either had to get the, get right. the line super early because you were an exhibitor, and so yes. you could get in the line before the doors open. Right. Let people to be really pissed off, but sorry, exhibitors also like playing games. Mm-hmm. But or you had to know somebody. Like the way I got to play Smash Brothers was I knew somebody. <laughs> it was like, yep. and we had to get like a private 
private showing for it you know yeah. like that's not that's not the right no it's not fun actually because because really on a, on a on a professional level honestly like we used to use e3 still do to cheat off of each other's paper right <laughs> You, you'd, you'd be like, oh, I'm doing a game like that too. Let me go see what you're doing. Let me see what you're doing. Yep. What you're doing, you know, and, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's really hard to do that. I mean, I remember like uh, historically, we'd spend the first day like literally splitting up in the, in, in the different teams. And at the end of the day saying, okay, go to this booth and this booth and this booth and this booth, you know, and, and, you can and go by this booth. Yeah. You can miss the yeah. Tecmo booth. You can do the, yeah. yeah. And, and, and a lot of E3, let me tell you what I do E3 for. So I can do hood rat stuff with my hood rat friends. No so doubt. I just have to all be geeky. That's yeah, all I, I mean, want to do. Honestly. E3, Comic-Con, and GDC yeah, is yep. really for me to see my friends that are too yeah. busy crunching and mm -hmm. working on their projects. I can't see them all yep. at the same time. Yep. We just and you know, this goes up. around to what, what Travis was saying right at the top about E3 and stuff like that, too. Like, I think that, um, you know, E3 has been changing and stuff a lot. Like, we, if we go back to in person, like, yeah, we're probably going to use it also so for that same sort of purpose of like hanging out with friends, reconnecting with people you haven't mm -hmm. seen for years. But the you know the show itself serves a purpose, and E three has changed a lot just in the last couple of years. Not even counting the the, the mandatory changes for you know for to, to account for COVID and it being canceled last year, but like it switched to being a consumer, it, to not just being a consumer focused show, but to being an a press and consumer show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is, I think, the key that makes E three even more challenging as developers to support. And I think we touched on this a little bit a couple weeks back because if it was just a press show, there's certain things that you prepare, there's certain ways that you, certain talking points, there's certain things that you have to do for a press show. For a consumer show, you make completely We're different really decisions. Different. Yep. And when you yeah. have a show that is both, you're like, oh my God. <laughs> and you know what's really bad about all this? I used to get all my cool ass t-shirts for free and since it's now a consumer-facing show, they charge for all that stuff. I, you know, I just my moved. My T-shirt collection but... used to be fire. People are like, where'd you get that Street Fighter shirt? I got it at E3. E3. I'm in the industry. Yeah. Um, no, the, the, like, I just I just finished moving, which is why I've got a virtual background. I don't want you to see all these boxes and stuff. <laughs> I have so many. Congratulations on a new house, Sinead. I'm stunned. Yeah, for real. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe you'll see uh, me. I'll take a tour of the house at some point throughout the course of our, our upcoming episodes. You beat the boss level. MT, MTB cribs. Episode. Cribs. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, you'll see my game, my game collection right now, which is nothing. <laughs> everything is in boxes right now. It's, it's saddening. Yeah. But um, but the but the but the 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 uh. The, the reason why I mentioned all that stuff too, right? Like, so E3 itself, I think it serves a really great purpose. I just think it needs to, like, it needs to also not just be, uh, it's not just for press, it's not just for consumers, it also is for developers as well. Mm -hmm. And when E3 doesn't fit into our development schedules, I mean, it never really did, right? Like, we always, E3 was always <laughs> like, not just a grenade, but multiple grenades just bombarding your development <laughs> schedule. Like, yeah. It was always that. Now it's changed into even more than that. Now it's like a freaking like nuke it from orbit kind mm -hmm. of thing to your development schedule. And I think that's why a lot of places like Sony and other big devs and other big publishers are making decisions to that, hey, we're actually gonna put our money and our our time around like marketing and PR efforts into our own thing, which we can control the messaging. Mm -hmm. um, it's a lot lower cost. We don't have to send folks, like get people on a plane. We don't have to like, you know, get huge build outs for booths. You guys don't know, like literally you go, you tour the E3 uh, floor and you see like, you know, these giant statues and all kinds of stuff. And 
I'll pull this this giant alien gun I've got down here out from under the desk in a couple of seconds. These things cost not just tens of thousands of dollars, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars, sometimes seven digits to just oh, yeah. do a build out for a four day show. Mm. And that stuff winds up getting stored in a garage. It winds up getting stored in cubicles with mm. getting thrown thrown away. under someone's desk. Yeah, it gets thrown you know? away. Yeah, it gets thrown, it yeah. thrown away. It's a lot of it's a lot of money spent and it's a lot of time and effort. And I think a lot of folks are just like uh, on the development side are saying, hey, is the return on investment really worth it right now? And for a lot of folks, it's not, especially for smaller devs. It's definitely not. And if, when the big ones are saying it's not, that shows there needs to be a change. Mm -hmm. That's so why PlayStation saying, created the experience. PlayStation yeah. experience. 70 bucks. Ryan, what was, what, was, what was the dopest E3 that you went through? Mm -hmm. Like any any like real solid like E three. Who are you talking to? Like Ryan. Ryan. Oh Ryan. Yeah, I I can't really pick one. They're all I've had like the same feeling with all of them. But but just just to refer back to the, the that line you were talking about, you know everything's hidden and everything. This is how this is how you get around it. You just go to E three with a celebrity friend and you skip all the lines and you get, you get all the back doors you get all that stuff that's literally how i how i do it when like, <laughs> i'm like i as soon as i get there i just call up one one person i call up another person all right we meet up and then we, we're on the floor we out there we're doing something and mm -hmm. that's up nice. everything man i don't wait in lines line. yeah. what is that shanae <laughs> Oh, you're, you can't hear you. Oh, now we can't. You can see your background. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. You can see my box's background. Yes. So this is a game. This is a uh, alien gun called the Disintegrator from Dark Void. Very first game I ever produced. Right here, this thing weighs like forty pounds, and it's all wow. on the right side. Um, nice. But these things, like like these kinds of props, like designing this, getting it fabricated, getting it shipped safely to a location, mm -hmm. like that's tens of thousands of dollars for this mm -hmm. little thing right here. So I, you can understand why like a lot of devs and a lot of publishers are like, hey, actually let's spend that like, you know, $100,000 we'd have on something on, you know, doing a series of like Nintendo Directs mm -hmm. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Which will cost sell a lot that on eBay. And way a lot 50 less. Bucks. Yeah, and I, and, and I can plus one, I can plus one what Ryan is talking about. Experiencing E3 with a celebrity is significantly different oh, than yeah. just going oh, yeah. by yourself. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they get into everything. They, uh, uh, they didn't uh, know it existed. Like, what? Like, yep. don't you come over here and do this and you get free food for us? You get free food. You get everything. Everything. So I'll ask all you folks, because I actually have never been to E3 like <laughs> person. Well, I've heard so many horror stories from everybody who has to man the boots for 15 hours. Oh, that's <laughs> I'm kind of like, eh, I'm good. I'll just watch it. <laughs> I'll watch it, uh, this, the, the important parts that I care about on the stream and not have to send any lines. But what what do you folks, what are you looking forward to for the next E3? Would you prefer for it to be an in-person event or for it to, them to do this, this kind of hybrid model? Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to, uh, I'm looking forward to it being a, a mixture of both. Honestly, um, you know, like I said, once once E three figures out what it's going to be, if it ever figures out what it's going yeah. to be, you know, because the Penny Arcade Expo came along, and when that came along, you know, people got used to being a lot more 
uh, connected with both the developers and the games and progress and so on and so forth. And I think that it changed the landscape for for, for E3, uh, you know, in in that way. And if if they're not going to do something that is more fan friendly and industry uh, friendly and figure out how to navigate both of those um, in, in, in a great way, I think that's the future of E3. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't know how long it's going to take to to get there. But that's what that's what I look forward to because, you know, like, yeah, it's it, you know for me. I, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's nice for me to like, you know, meet and chill with my colleagues and all this other kinds of stuff. But sometimes, man, you just want to see that end user like feel great because of some stuff he did. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And 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 it's very few places where you can get that opportunity. Where where you can where where you can see like an end user experience, you know that 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 magic, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. that magic is what powered us to get into this industry. It, it it you know it when we are doing crunch, it's so that we can so that we can give them that experience, right? And I think it's 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 cheating us out of one of the great rewards that we get for being in this industry, which is to give that back to you know players. Yeah, for, for anyone who hasn't been to E3, I, like I've mentioned it every time uh, E3 rolls around uh, for the in-person events. It's like my body immediately gets tired before I even get there. For <laughs> the week leading up to it, my brain's like, oh my God, it's E3 week. Oh, I can't. Oh, I don't want to. Mm. And then I get there and I'm immediately just, I'm so stoked to be there. Because you walk through those doors and you just see, you see all the booths coming together. You see people like doing build outs. You see like, you see people who haven't seen probably in years because mm-hmm. this industry is really, really small. And when the doors finally open, it is, it's like a theme park. <laughs> it's a video game theme park. The sights and sounds and everything are, it is hard to even describe. Um, it is also incredibly overwhelming. So for old heads like us on this call. Well, you said the sights and you sights and the sounds, uh, Sinead, but you left out the most important thing. Um, the smells. Yeah. <laughs> never forget um, that. Like I said, it's like the last E3 I went to in person. It was LA. It was 95, 96. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, there were literally tens of thousands, maybe more people in this it was the fan E3, right? It was the fan E3, right? I yes, met some kids. wasn't doing what it needed to do. <laughs> I met some kids on Friday that lived, stayed in their car from Monday to Friday. Yeah. They never, they didn't even bathe. They just stayed. They drove up from Orange County and they stayed. Mm-hmm. They just wanted to be around everything the whole entire time. And I was like, E3 naturally smells like a GameStop, but y'all pushed the limits on <laughs> Y'all push the limits. Yeah, well, the GameStop smell. I will just say, like, like E three as it is right now, like let's let's discount this year since it was the digital version. But E three as a hybrid consumer and press show, I think does a disservice to both consumers and press. Yeah, because yeah. I don't think that consumers should have to live in their car from like Monday to wind up to see like one or two games maybe because you stood in line for seven hours. Mm-hmm. Like that's not a good experience for them, yeah. and it's not a good experience for us as devs and press same way like it's just like it needs either needs to figure out what it's going to do all right well, yeah well in, in closing before, before before we close uh my I, I have to say the only one true memorable moment for me at e3 was when i met gary coleman and then i shook his hands and it was just like his little tiny hands and i was like he's really a small small dude this is, <laughs> this is, this is, he's really small man 
Remind oh, me to oh. tell you my Gary Coleman story later. <laughs> <laughs> and on right. Gary Coleman, we're gonna on that note. On that note, we're gonna close up the show today. Thank you everyone for watching. Oh, what are we showing here? Oh, sucky, sucky, oh, yeah. Nice. There it is, baby. <laughs> yeah. Ryan's That's what Ryan was drawing. This is what Ryan was drawing the entire time. Yeah. That's what my brother's boss. 250 